This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. So uh, this morning we're on continuous series called Moving Forward. And what I've been endeavoring to do is talk about to move forward, you have to let go of the regrets, the disappointments. You have to uh, maybe forgive. You have to let go of those weights and the, the sin that so easily besets us. We have to let go of some things to move forward. And if you're weighted down by the past, you're weighted down by uh, I wish I'd done this or the what ifs of life, you're not going to move forward. And God's called us to move forward. And that's the theme uh, that we have this year is to move forward. And sometimes just a little step is moving forward. Whatever it is, we want you to uh, spiritually, physically, uh, emotionally, in every area is to move forward with your life and, and, and have an increase in your life. Because that's the will of God that we do move forward, forgetting those things that lay behind, pressing towards the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So there's some pressing, there's some, you can't be passive and, and move forward. You've got to move forward. It takes movement to move forward. And it's easy to get in your comfort zone and just stay where you're at and be comfortable there. But it doesn't matter what your age is, it doesn't matter um, how young you are, how old you are, God wants you to press forward and to always be growing, going from glory to glory. Remember that verse, the righteous, the path is shining brighter and brighter. From glory to glory, we move forward with God. And we talked about, and all of this really uh, goes to, to your thought life. You're not going to move forward till your thoughts change to your thinking changes. And we'll come back to that later in the series. But uh, we talked about how you choose joy, how you, you choose your thoughts. But there's uh, a kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So I want to continue from there. And um, we'll look at some more aspects of that. In Hebrews chapter 9 Verse 14, I'm going to read to you from the New Living Translation. Wow. Just think how much more the blood of Christ. I can read it. <laughs> well, this opens up a whole lot more options for me right here. Hmm. Just think the options that you have now that you can see. That's Bob chapter 9. No. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciousness from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God for the power of the eternal spirit. Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. And when you read this, Hebrews chapter 9, it's talking about a comparison of the blood of bulls and, and goats and how the sprinkling of that blood, you remember it was a, a temporary covering. But now through the blood of Christ, sin has been eradicated. The effects uh, of sin have been done away with. 
So it was a perfect sacrifice. But I want you to really look at purify your conscience. Your, your conscience, uh, your thought process or those regrets or those things from the past or those memories, those things that are weighing you down, you can be cleansed from those. And really when you look up that word purify, when you look it up in the Greek, and it, it does mean to cleanse, it means a, a cleansing blood from the blood that is present and forever or continual. It's a continual cleansing or purifying of our conscience. You mean you can have a clean conscience? Yes. You can be free from guilt and shame and condemnation. You can be free from all that because the blood of Jesus is that powerful. The sacrifice that was made for you and I is that powerful that it can clean your conscience and purify it. Not just for when you get saved, but from then on forever and ever. That's good news. It's awesome news. And your emotions. That means that your emotions, you can cleanse your emotions. And our emotions are tied so much uh, to what you think. And emotions, I found, are really a part of, of faith, too. And we, we don't talk, like to talk about emotions, but I believe it's when your heart, your emotions, you're completely in that you actually are able to move in faith. But that's a, we can talk about that at a, a different time. So it's possible for you to be a Christian and have condemnation when you've already been forgiven, when Jesus has already bore the condemnation for you. And we've all, we've all been there. But there's been one perfect sacrifice that has taken care of it. So what do we do? We apply by faith the blood of Jesus to our emotions, to our mind, by faith. We put value on the blood. We value the sacrifice the price that was paid above the way we feel. And we like our feelings, don't we? <laughs> feelings. No, I didn't get that operation number. That's not optional right now. <laughs> but we like our feelings. But I cannot let my feelings exalt itself against the finished work of the cross. And we like to feel bad for a while. We blow it. We mess up. We like to feel bad. But really, you need to forgive yourself, forgive whoever you need to, and move on. Because a perfect sacrifice has been made for you to have the cleansing of your conscience. Now, am I saying you're not going to feel bad when you sin or mess up? No, I want you to feel bad. In your conscience... But I want you to do something with it. Cleanse it from all unrighteousness. That's what 1 John 1, 9 is about. It's not cleansing for your spirit. It's for your soul, for your emotions, for your memories, for your reasoning. We need cleansing from that. And we do it by going to God and saying, forgive me. And he cleanses your emotions, cleanses your soul. And that's when you say, look. The devil comes and he wants to remind you what you did wrong. You just remind him of the blood, the perfect sacrifice, and there is no condemnation and you're moving on.
Amen. I used to, when I first got saved, I'd, I'd mess up. It'd take me three or four days to get back in my own mind to where I was with God. I was doing penance. I was adding to the finished work of the cross. I figured it needed some emotions. It needed some feelings there. I had blown it. I had messed up. So I'm going to feel bad for four or five days here. I'm going to beat myself up. I'm going to listen to the devil and says, you really didn't get saved. <laughs> or you're just a, a, a rascal and you're not going to change. And all that. Have you ever noticed the devil's a liar and it doesn't matter what you do, he's got something to say? You go on a three-day fast, the devil will come to you and say, you should have fasted five days. You can read 10 chapters a day and the devil will come and say, you should have read 12. After all, 12 is the number of completion. You know what I'm talking about. No matter what you do. So you've got to just tune him out. He is a liar. Those who accept the finished work of the cross accept forgiveness. They accept righteousness through faith in God's word. Their faith in God's word ascends above their feelings, above their emotions. If you really want to grow and move forward with God, you're going to have to get where the word of God ascends above your emotions, above your feelings, and you move forward with God. The ones who really make progress with God are the ones who are able to overcome the feelings, the emotions, those temporary feelings and things that try and latch onto us. And they say, no, I accept the forgiveness of God. I accept the righteousness of God. I'm moving forward with him. Those are the ones that will grow. Those are the ones that will soar like eagles. Those are the ones that will do exploits for God. Because there's always going to be feelings. And there's always going to be emotions. But you have been called to overcome them. Am I against emotions? I am not. I'm for them. When they line up with the word of God. When they don't, I'm not for them. Well, you wake up the morning, my emotions say, I don't need to get up. I just need to stay in bed all day. That is not a good emotion. <laughs> There's things to get up and do. Amen. And you have to talk to yourself. You override those feelings and emotions. You get up. Kind of the same thing. There's a joy deep inside that person who is able to walk in that, that place of peace with God. That joy will rise up. And it's a deep, it can be a extreme emotion, but usually day to day, it's just a calmness and a quietness and an assurance on the inside that your God reigns and you're connected with him and you're his son or you're his daughter. And that joy is so deep that it supersedes circumstances and what's going on around you. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if that's your strength, the enemy wants to keep you from joy. But you can choose joy. Joy's on the inside of you. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. So if joy is there, 
we, by faith, can bring it up and we can stir it up. So Romans 14, 17, that's kind of where we left off. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joining the Holy Spirit. And we talked about this order to the kingdom of God. First is righteousness, then peace, then joy. If you don't have joy in your life, you need to go back and check your peace. If you don't have peace in your life, go back and check righteousness. Are you established in righteousness? And you've got to get this established in your thinking to move forward with God. If you want the kingdom of God to be released in your life, you've got to get this established in your life. These three areas have to be there. What is righteousness to start with? Well, one definition is state of being right with God, accepted and loved by God. And that is true. I like this definition. It's a little bit more detailed. The ability to stand in the presence of Father God, free from guilt, inferiority, fear, and condemnation. The ability to stand before Father God in his presence, free from guilt, fear, inferiority, and condemnation. To stand before God as if sin never existed. That's what righteousness, that's what we mean by righteousness. The kingdom of God is righteousness. The kingdom of God is the force of righteousness in your life, causing you, giving you ability to stand before Father God free from all guilt, free from fear, free from condemnation, even being inferior, to stand before him as if sin never existed. I mean would realize that's mighty free there. That's the freedom that we're talking about that God has purchased for us through the finished work of the cross. Wow. God wanted a family. He wanted sons and daughters to have communion with him, to have fellowship with him. But this was impossible about a radical change within man. It was not just uh, enough to have our sins forgiven that wasn't enough because we were still had an unrighteous nature. We had to have a radical change. There had to be a new creation. There had to be a change. And therefore, we were crucified with Christ. We were buried with him and raised to life again. You died. But when you were raised from the dead, you were new, brand new. In fact, the word teaches us that you were raised the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You were raised up from the dead, free to stand in the presence of God from all fear, guilt, inferiority, condemnation. As if you had never sinned. That's what Jesus did for us. That's the reason you can boldly come to the throne of grace and receive help in time of need help in time of need is usually when you messed up Old Testament and they you remember the mountain <laughs> Moses meeting with God the people are, are so afraid of God there's lightning thunder going on and they said Moses talk to God and ask God if he'll never talk to us and just talk to you. 
They were so afraid. There was so much fear going on. Just read the Old Testament. I mean, there was much fear, much guilt, much condemnation. But see, now the effect of righteousness is the exact opposite of sin. Now we come boldly into the throne room of grace as a son and daughter of God accepted in the beloved because there's been a once and for all forever perfect sacrifice made in our behalf. And now we are the beloved of God, the accepted of the Lord, welcomed into the family of sons and daughters to spend all eternity with him. And now God's heart and his is satisfied because he won communion with us. He won fellowship with us. And he loved us so much that he placed himself by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, on the inside of us. We've come a, a long way since Mount Sinai. <laughs> now God lives within us. And we can live out of that place on the inside and live in peace. We can live in strength. We can listen to the inward voice of the Holy Spirit that lives within our spirit. And we can have direction by God. We can know the future. We can have the God advantage. We can walk in strength, walk in peace. We can have the gifts of the Spirit flowing through us. We can hear his voice. God can speak to you personally and will and is and has spoken to each of us. Sometimes we disregard it. And when you spend time in the word, you get more sensitive to his voice. As you spend time in prayer and worship, you get to where you hear his voice and you tune in and you recognize, oh, that's God there. That's, that's him. You recognize him all around. He's speaking all the time. God is a talker. And he wants to talk to his kids. And he wants us to respond back. Every time a scripture comes back to you, that's God speaking to you. Had somebody tell me, you know, I just, I'm wanting to hear God's voice, but all I do, I, I just a, a scripture comes to me. That's the voice of God. That's God speaking to you. Rejoice in that. That's great. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So when a person is born again, they get a new nature on the inside. It's imparted instantly when you accept him as Lord and Savior. Instantly, the righteousness of God comes on the inside of you. This isn't, we think of righteousness as a list of do's and don'ts. What we need to do, this is not about doing. This is about being. God made you righteous. The Old Testament's more about outward actions. The New Testament is about inward action. Inwardly, living from the inside out. That's what the New Covenant is about. And it's not from me doing all these special things. He made me righteous. It's a state of being. It's who you really are. You are righteous. Because he said you were. He made you that way. I don't feel righteous. You are righteous. He said you are. I don't feel that. He said you're righteous. 
That means you're righteous. Wow. Hallelujah. That's good news. So this happens when you get birthed into the kingdom of God, born again, the righteousness of God. And it's his standard, not our standard. Man's standard of righteousness is you're, you're a good guy and you have integrity. But that's not God's standard of righteousness. You know what God's standard of righteousness is? Perfection. Say perfection. No one's going to heaven if they're not perfect on the inside because God made them perfect, their spirit. Heaven's a perfect place. And you're not going imperfect to mess it up. You mean, Pastor, I'm not going to have to be in heaven. I'm not going to have to be praying and fasting that I keep my loved one walk up. Because I was down at the, uh, the swimming hole and uh, somebody cut me off. I was diving in. I was jumping out of a tree and somebody cut me off. And just for a moment, I didn't want to forgive them. No, that's not going to be a part of it. You got to have renewal of the mind when you're there. <laughs> it's going to be some fights. Oh, you go first. No, you go first. Then you're both going to jump and hit each other and just laugh all the way down to the water. Hallelujah. Strong uh, Greek dictionary defines uh, like this, righteousness, a state of him, of him who is as he ought to be, a condition acceptable to God, a condition that's called righteousness. It's not that you're just good enough or just okay. I'm, I'm talking about your spirit has been met up or brought to God's standard. Vine's Dictionary, New Testament words of righteousness defined like this. The character or quality of being right, not being a reference to behavior or works. Not, we're not even talking about that. But refers to the nature of a man or a woman, a condition of their being or spirit. It's a condition of your spirit and it is who you are. So what we're doing, we renew our mind to understand what God has done in our spirit where we can live out of our spirit. We can walk by the spirit. And this is given to us. We could never attain it. It's just a gift of righteousness. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Justified means made righteous. Whenever you see the word just in scripture, you can put righteous. So it says here we've been justified freely by the grace of God. It's by his grace. It's through his actions we've been justified. Justified is a counting term. It means to be raised to a required standard. You were raised up, resurrected to a required standard of God, which is called righteousness, and that standard is perfection. In your spirit, you're perfect. And you can't take any... Uh, applause for it or honor for it he did it 
So really, we could say the, the new covenant is, is not so much doing, it's being. It's being who, you may been, who you've been made to be. And that's righteous. The righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Second Peter 1, 4, by which has been given us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So now we have a divine nature or character of God. And we know that this nature is righteous, the righteousness of God. You'll never be more righteous than you are right now. You have the same righteousness now as you'll have when you come and stand before the Lord. Same. You not be more righteous then. You're just as righteous now as you will be then. In fact, let me say it this way. You're just as righteous now as you will be for all eternity. Hallelujah. Once you get revelation of this, it can change your life. This revelation probably impacted me and changed me more than any other. That I am righteous. All that penance stuff stopped. Wow, what you have done. What a mighty work of God. It also will cause you to want to live right. When you see how much you're loved and what God has done for you. In Ephesians 4, verse 23, it says, Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on the new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So we put on the new man that, that, and it, and like a, a cloak. You, you want it to affect your behavior, affect your walk, affect everything in your life. And the desire to sin shouldn't be there anymore. Now, you can harden your heart, but there should be inside of you a desire not to sin because you go against your nature when you sin. But we're to be righteous consciousness and not sin consciousness. Well, pastor, that's the problem with the church. Grace is, is taught too much. Now, you, if you think that, you don't really understand grace because grace lifted the bar. In fact, it says that the law taught us sin, but grace, and you read Romans, gave us mastery over sin. So now we're without excuse. Because everything that you need to overcome any weight or any sin in your life has provided on the inside of you. And you're called to overcome it and supersede it. Because of the Spirit of God inside of you. Because of the truth. And Jesus went beyond the acts and he said the thoughts. Ah, if you thought that you did it. What? He drove those Pharisees crazy. <laughs> Knowing we've been made the righteousness of God. By the way, the new nature accepted and approved of God will cause you to let go of the past and the regrets and the disappointments. Cause you to move forward with God. Colossians 1.22 
Now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ, his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's what we just talked about, isn't it? Righteousness. But I have faults. I'm asking forgiveness. God is a spirit, and he's looking at your spirit, at your nature. There is provision and blood and sacrifice for the soul, but you engage it by asking forgiveness for your actions. But God's looking at your spirit, and he says, there's no fault here. I find no guilt here. I looked at the record, and the record says not guilty. Price paid in full. Hallelujah. It's good news. I'm getting more happier than you are. It says that we have been brought into his presence. Wow. His, you're not only welcome into his presence now and have an invitation into his presence. You belong there. You belong in his presence. You were created for his presence. And that personal relationship with him, that intimacy with him, there is nothing else that compares to that. And you have access to him 24-7. I'm talking about the God, the creator of the universe. You have access to him 24-7. And he's in love with you. And he knows everything about you more than you know about yourself. And he still loves you. (laughs) Pat yourself there. Isaiah 32, 17. The work of righteousness will be peace. Righteousness, peace, and joy. The work of righteousness is peace. When I know how much he loves me, how much I'm accepted, it brings peace to me. Now, when I go and look at peace and there's, um, I need to get forgiveness with a brother, sister, or, or someone, my coworker, wherever it is, I need to get peace there. I need to deal with that. God really, he, he's wanting to touch the world through you, but he's got to get what's inside of you out. And it's your choice, it's your will. You can have as much of God as you want. It's our choice. There is no limits on that. The work of righteousness will peace, the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. You know, if you could bottle this up and sell it, you know, the world's after peace. The world's after quietness and assurance. But I know where it is. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who has taken our unrighteousness and given us his righteousness where we could have peace. Glorious peace. And it's free. Now the cost was heavy. But it's a free gift to us. Peace of God. And when I have righteousness and I have peace, joy starts bubbling down to me. 
it's like the coffee pot just starts percolating and joy will come out of you. And you can help stir it up. You can start smiling. It's okay to laugh. Word says it's medicine. Laughter does good like a medicine. Well, I need some medicine today. Well, get something funny on TV and start laughing. Just find something that's funny. Start laughing. Or just start laughing on your own. (laughs) I mean, just laugh. It's an emotion that is healthy. And this medicine has no bad side effects. There's no long list. Oh, if you take this medicine, let me tell you there's a warning. And then they do it so fast, you can't understand it, you know. You'll catch it every once in a while. Sudden death. (laughs) You'll catch it in there. And finally, we just get a mean to, you know, we don't even listen to it. <laughs> and they're just speaking the curse to you. I mean, they're just going through the thing. Blindness, madness. <laughs> Somebody will chase you down the automobile. <laughs> You'll be pursued. Curses everywhere you turn. Your rain will turn to powder. There'll be no harvest. <laughs> it's a curse. <laughs> Are you sure you want to take this stuff? Oh, believe me, before you take that stuff, please pray. And come against the bad side effects of that stuff. <laughs> Romans 5, verse 1 through 3. Now, this is a verse that the Lord showed me last night, actually, that the kingdom of God is revealed in this one verse. And you'll see it here. Therefore, having been justified, which means made righteous, By faith, we have peace, righteousness, peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by faith into this grace. Now, here's the part to talk about, but if you are not established in righteousness and have peace, you're not going to tap into grace. You're not going to have faith for grace. It's just not going to happen. We have access by faith into this grace which we stand and rejoice or have boastful joy in the hope of the glory of God or the confident expectation of what God promised will come to pass. The glory of God will be revealed. No matter what I'm going through, I can have joy because I know I'm righteous. I'm accepted by God. I'm at peace and I can have joy unspeakable and full of glory that's not based on what's going on around me, but it's based on the truth, the reality of God's word that I'm his beloved. I'm his son. I've been adopted into the family and whatever I call for in prayer, his ears are open to it. And he says, yes. And I have confident expectation of the glory of God in my life. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Have you ever just had the joy of the Lord overtake you? I have. It's joyous. I mean, it, it, it is fun. Because there is a supernatural, uh, there's an anointing of joy 
that can happen. It is a fruit, but there's also an anointing of joy. I'm talking about when you and your, your friend or your spouse, whoever, just can't stop laughing. That's kind of that touches on that anointing of joy. You just can't stop. That's where you're hurting afterwards from laughing so much. <laughs> so let me read these statements to you it's in your notes there. I will live from the inside out. Listening to my heart and obeying the inward voice of God, I know right from wrong instinctively from my righteous nature. If you listen inside, you'll know right and wrong because it's inside of you. I can live, and that's the reason he said, I'm going to write the laws on your heart. I can live a life pleasing to God and be forever free from fear, guilt, inferiority, and condemnation. The righteousness of God is instantly imparted to every believer at the new birth. The righteous have open access or direct access to God anytime, anywhere. What a privilege and honor we have. Wow. I'm established in righteousness which gives me peace and confidence to receive his grace with joy from my confident expectation of the glory of God. And that's one of the things, if you're not established in righteousness, I have a whole series, I did a whole conference uh, on righteousness. And uh, just to listen and go over and over the righteousness of God until you're established in it. And, and, and peace and, and joy, get these elements of the kingdom, and it will change everything. It will change, change your life, change your walk with God. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Man was destined to be lost forever. We needed a Savior. We were lost in sins with no hope, no way out. But God in his great love for us sent Jesus Christ, his son, to die for us, to pay the price for our sins, to pay the ransom price that we could be set free to become a part of the family of God, the family of God, be a son, be a daughter of God. Price was paid. If you don't accept the gift of salvation, accept the price that was paid and make Jesus the Lord of your life and Savior. There is no salvation. There is no other way. Every other way is deception. It's just a lie. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ, the Son. And all it takes is a decision from your heart in choosing Christ, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, that you'll follow him all the days of your life. And if that's you this morning, if no one looking around, I want you to just slip your hand up. I will not embarrass you. I'm going to ask you to come down. We're just going to pray where you're at, and you can receive Jesus as Lord. And maybe you prayed this before, but you realize you're out of fellowship with God. And he's saying, come back home. 
And if that's you, just slip your hand up too, and we'll pray, and God will welcome you back into fellowship with him. Let's pray together. Say, dear God, I thank you for the cross, for the price it was paid. I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I believe he was raised from the dead. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And I'll follow you. I'll serve you. I'll live for you all the days of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I will be empowered to live this life. And I thank you, God. I'm eternally grateful that you saved me. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Let's stand up. I want you to lift your hands. I want to once again just speak the blessing over here. Then we're going to worship some more. So lift your hands. God has blessed you with all the promises of the new covenant in Christ being yes and amen. Therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I bless you with ability. I bless you with abundance, clear direction, a controlled and disciplined life. I bless you with courage, creativity. Be blessed with wisdom and understanding, God's favor and man's favor. God bless you with good health fulfillment of God's dreams and visions for your life. God bless you of contentment, a listening ear, a long life, obedient heart, God's peace, a pleasant speech, a pleasant personality. God bless you of promotion, protection, provision, safety, and strength. God bless you of revelation knowledge. God bless you of expectant faith. God bless you of success. I bless you of goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life. I bless you of ears to hear the lovely and the uplifting and the encouraging, to shut out the demeaning and the negative. I bless your hands to be tender, helping hands to those in need, hands that bless. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lifts up his countenance upon you and gives you peace because of the finished work of the cross. And everyone said, Amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.